Welcome to Ohm's Lounge, where we have our host, Ohm's, and myself, the Lone Salesman, doing part two of our interview with DJ DNZ. In this podcast, we will be discussing his inspiration in becoming a DJ, different DJ gear, and the differences between types of DJs and producers. Kick back and relax and enjoy the show. Was there anyone in particular, you know, that kind of inspired you to be a DJ or just do what you do now? DJ Screw. <laughs> uh, McGruff the Crime Dog. Fuck yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can prevent. Yeah, my grandfather. Probably grandfather? My grandfather. Oh, okay, he, he didn't inspire me to DJ, but he he my grandfather played a big part of my musical upbringing. What did he play? Every fucking thing. The Jew harp? Oh, well, he didn't play no instruments. So so he i think my i don't i don't know how old i was but my one of my favorite well it is my favorite it's my favorite earliest memories of me and my grandfather were when when he would wake me up dumb fucking early like probably still you know nighttime right before daybreak and really? He used to have this room where he had his his stereo equipment. Like we still have back home in the states, we I still have his his uh, stereo equipment from that room. But he used to have this room with all his big ass stereo equipment, big ass speakers, everything. And he used to have these bean bags in there, and we'd wake up, he'd get a coffee. He probably rolled up a joint and then <laughs> we'd sit there and listen to records and he would just put on random ass records. It was, this was like the morning ritual. Right. And then after we would go fishing, he loved fishing and we lived like literally right next to the ocean. So wake up, listen to music. He would go see his homies and go fishing every day. When we go it, like to the park or wherever we went in the car, always playing some kind of music, and it was always different. That was one of my my favorite moments because that that was all throughout the time that he was here. He was like that, and and he, music. He wasn't a musician. He just liked music a lot. I remember wow. coming home from school. And he would be watching Yo MTV raps. Oh, hell yeah. Chase, come here, check this out. You know, and it'd be crisscross, some crisscross video, some red man video. Crisscross wearing his pants backwards. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think so so that led me started my musical journey, right? And being in love with music. The DJing side didn't come until like Later, when my cousin showed me, my older cousin showed me a tape, a DMC tape. I don't know what year it was. Maybe, maybe it was a 93 or 95. Was, a, was that around I, the same time they did the show with Aerosmith or? Oh, no, no. DMC it? is a battle. So it's like, uh, it's the, 
world's biggest DJ battle. Oh, okay. So we're not talking about Run DMC. All right. No, no, not Run DMC. And it was a tape. I don't know if it was like of US or worlds, but show me a tape of that. And it was just DJ's battle. I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? And I think at the time he was DJing. I was like, man, this shit's nuts. Like, I want to, I want to do this shit. Like, I can, I, I understood that they were battling each other. Right. And I thought it was that that was so dope that they were doing it with turntables and records. And I think that's when I kind of decided like, Oh, I want to do that. And then I think also what pushed it was like a, a it was either a mixtape or, or a scratch session tape. But once I heard those, I think that's what kind of set it off. That was the catalyst for, for DJing. Okay. And then after that, it was just like, all right, I'm going to learn this shit. I'm going to learn how to scratch. I'm going to do all this shit. I'm going to battle. Like, that's all, I, that's all I wanted to do at that point. What kind of gear are you running right now? I got two Technique 1200s. I got a, a Native Instrument Z2 mixer. I also have a Tascam uh, STS-80 mixer. It's like... We we called it the ghetto rain mixer because at the time it looked like rain was the shit for DJ mixers. But if you couldn't afford one, this was like the ghetto version of it, right? The bootleg version. And I think they were going out of business. So they were selling all their shit off for like super cheap at Guitar Center. So it's like, I think I got mine for like 80 bucks. And actually the crossfader inside of it cost more and is worth more than the whole fucking mixer <laughs> wow which is funny what else i got i got a machine oh which one i got an mk2 okay it, i haven't been back MK3, if i'm not mistaken that one's standalone yeah i haven't but see during the pandemic like i haven't went back home to get a mk3 what's like kind of steered you away well, what made you want to even mess with the machine anyway? Because, like, there's NPCs. NPC stuff is really good. I like it because, like, I have an NPC myself. I got the one, and I also have an, uh, a push, too. And what's the other fucking thing? I got a PO33, little pocket sampler. Out of 2000. And a, oh, a, a 2000, 2000 XL. 2000. Oh, okay. So, I was I was on an NPC already. And then, how did I make the switch? I want to say it was because they were sponsoring me, and like, I wanted it just to have it. And then they were like, "Okay, here." I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how it came about because I had an MK1, about? and I never fucking touched it. I never touched it. Oh, and okay. yeah, and the MK2. I'm pretty sure on one of my trips back stateside, at one point, a, a bunch of us back home were sponsored by Native Instruments. And every, I want to say like every year at the NAM convention, we would all go to the NAM convention. And usually when I was down there, like a few of us would go hit up the office the native instrument office and then they would just like tell us about what they're working on whatever they're doing and then like they just give a shit right and i think that was when i asked 
asked them for the MK2. So it was a little bit after it came out. And I was like, yo, let me get one of those. Like, I need it in white, though. I need that white one. Don't give me the, <laughs> the black one. Like, I already had a MK1 black, and it, I'd never used it. Just let me get that white one one time. So they ended up giving it to me. And I'm pretty sure the same thing happened with the MK1 where I didn't use it for, like, months. And then it wasn't until maybe, like, a two years ago that I started actually using it. It's a good program, but I'm I'm still more so using Ableton. And Machine is just kind of there if I want to do, like, programming and sequencing on it. Yeah, they're, I know a lot of their VSTs are really good. Um, I played around. VSTs are great. Yeah, yeah, they're very good. Like I'm, I'm using Ableton myself. Like I just got 11, and I've been using it for about like two years. I've just been playing around with that with the the push two, which I'm still barely getting used to. Like, yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun doll. Like, but have you heard of what what other dolls have you used? Like, there's obviously FL. Ableton, and I can't think of the other one, but one that I just so, recently heard of was Acid Pro, and that one looks really good and fun to play with. Yeah, before so before Ableton, what the fuck was I using? I think I was just using um, or some shit. No, I was using Pro Tools and Reason. I liked Reason. I used Reason 7 a long time ago. Dude, I was on Reason for fucking years and years and years. <laughs> and it took, it took it took a lot of people to be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, that's how dedicated to Reason I was. I just liked it because, you know, it's the software version of actual hardware, right? Like, yeah. how it functions. Like, you know, you hit tab, you see the back view of everything, and then you can plug shit in. Like, I, So I thought that was dope because that's how I wanted to do things anyways, right? Was, like, analog. So I'm going to have to physically, you know patch shit in but to do it digitally i just thought it was really good and really dope and i already used it for like at that point 10 years so it was like why the fuck am i gonna change to this new thing that i know nothing about i think it was just me not wanting to uh again break that comfortability level with something i don't know and yeah reason was the shit so it was reason MPC. Uh, before that, I think it was just whatever sampler I had at the time and Pro Tools. And then before that, it was, I think it was Cool Edit, which yeah, is another know. like software DAW. But then it was with whatever sampler. So, like music production wise, like it was always a sampler. And then it was just whatever, you know, recording software that was available to me. Yeah, it's, and it's then, completely changed. Yeah, you don't need, you know, to spend hella money on actual gear now. Like, all you need is you a laptop, koala, interface, koala and then, like, you know, whatever kind of controller, MIDI controller. So that's just dope. You don't need like all the shit I had where you got to buy a mixing board. You got to buy a fucking, you know, a thousand dollar to two thousand dollar sampler. You ain't got to buy like cents, you know, you know, all this shit that you would need. You don't need that anymore. You just get a laptop, 
and you can do it with a cheap laptop too. I recorded on a Vio, you know, a Sony <laughs> Vio at one point. So I mean, what the fuck does that tell you? That was years ago though. But still, it, it still applies to now, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's what about dope. a Chromebook? You would do it on the phone. Uh chat. Chat. <laughs> I don't know about Chromebook, but yeah. You probably could. I mean yeah. ThinkPads. I, I had movies I had ThinkPads and they were producing and recording onto ThinkPads. ThinkPads so, aren't bad. Yeah, it's it's dope. All right. Last question. What's your secret sauce whenever you're making your music? What VSTs, gear, like you're you can't do away with them. You need them. You know what? It's not so much the program. So it's 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 honestly like my technical skill with so my process is like I heavily rely on my DJ technicality for certain shit because I think it it's just dope, right? And so, like, you can do t- certain turntable manipulation sounds on using Ableton and some live plugins, but it doesn't have this... To me, it, it doesn't sound like it has the same feel. And when I'm actually in the process of making it, it's not as fun. Like, all right, if I know I could do this on the turntable and I can touch the record and I can touch the sound and like fucking play with it. Like, why don't I just do that instead of just, you know, setting these dials to a certain, you know, points just to get the effect that I want. Like that shit ain't fun. Yeah. A lot of it just is me on the turntable. Like even when I'm sampling, I don't sample. I don't look for samples in, let's say in Ableton. Like I don't throw whatever song into Ableton and then start chopping from there. I, it's all from my turntable first. So I go a little longer route, but it's quicker and it's also more fun for me because then I can sit there and play around with it more, try and find more shit instead of, you know, oh, okay, this sounds like a dope chop. This sounds like a dope chop. This sounds, and then do that until I get all my chops down. And then from there, start playing with it. Like, no, nah, I can do it all instantly from my turntable, from my mixer, from my machine. And then once I'm done chopping and setting, you know, everything way quicker and playing around with my ideas way sooner than I would on it on within Ableton, then I can go, okay, now I'll start tracking it out in ableton because at least then i can do it all on the fly and that's a way more fun process for me is just yeah going straight from the turntables then into ableton and then after sitting down with just ableton and you know doing everything else that needs to be done so it's definitely the dj skill in the turntable i guess it would make more sense if you guys saw it is is yeah, mm-hmm. if you use the DJ program, then you would know because like there's certain features in it where you can make not really much like your slices, but you're setting cue points. So I know you've done some uh, DJ tutorials on your Twitch channel. Do you think that's something you would be interested in doing again for uh, people who might be interested? Eh, I don't know. I would only be interested in it if it, if I was talking to other DJ nerds about this shit because it doesn't yeah. interest me to like tell it to people that don't know. That's why I charge people for that because then I know it's I was just gonna feel like work. 
That makes so sense. So if it's going to feel like work, like I'm going to have to charge. So like, what are your thoughts on like producers? Cause I know I producers and DJs aren't the same for those that don't know, but like, it's like, dope. Something, yeah. Like, are there like noticeable like workflow differences between say you and a producer or are there some things that you guys share? Cause I can already think of a few things that a producer and a DJ already share. Yeah, and I some mean things that I've learned from DJs that helps out for music producing as just a producer, like yeah, VPNs it, or everything. I think it it's it all it, it's kind of all the same, right? It's just a different processing of um, what you're doing with the music after, right? So already, firstly, we all share like this musical knowledge, right? Whether it's whatever type of music background whether you play an instrument if you don't if you just like music and then it goes into like the technicality of it right like okay so as a dj you're able to do this right like those are within your skill sets as a producer you're able to do this those are within your skill sets then it's like okay well how do i personally apply it to what i like like how do i perceive this piece of music into what I want it to be right so it's the same train of thought for the producer even for the DJ maybe it's just a DJ who only just plays music right they don't do anything else they just they just like to play the music but if it's like a DJ like me where it's more more of a turntable it's okay then we look at it at the same stance as a producer would. How can I flip this? How can I make it dope? Uh, maybe to me, maybe to make whoever it, make it your own. Yeah. Like, how do I, how to, and then it's like, how do I set myself apart with this piece of music from somebody else who's going to play it? Same as a producer. How am I going to flip this sample different than the next person? Right. We all share that. It's just the process of getting from A to B that's different. We could all take a little bit of something from each other. I, that's the thing about art, right? Arts, all art is inspiration. No matter what fucking discipline it is, you'd be a goddamn liar to fucking disagree. That's right? Really you can always find something dope about something and then apply it. If you like it enough, apply it to whatever the hell you're doing. We all share the same train of thought and, I guess, you know, somewhat train of thought. But That's a good outlook on everything. Did that answer the question? Like, because it's... I think it did. I don't know. (laughs) Well, as far as, like, producers and DJs and, like, what they share in common. But I think it's a step further as far as, like, what everyone shares in common about liking music. And that's that's good. You've answered it in the sense that... Like producers and DJs, they they look at it like it in the technical side of things as opposed to the other type of DJs that you are saying that just play the music where you yourself find yourself as a turntablist. It would be a hard answer only because like you know, the one, the different levels, right? And then there's the different categories of each one, like I know I know people are just beat makers. They're not producers. Right. Right? So they just make beats all day, every day. 
And then I know producers where they're actually fucking crafting this whole thing. And it can be from scratch, you know, and that's a totally different fucking level. Not to say that beat makers can't get to that level. Oh, yeah, they definitely get their flack. I know that. Yeah, but it's just, you know, in within their life right now, like that's where they are. You know, it, it, same with DJs. Like, it could be a DJ that doesn't know shit about shit, and they just like they just like music, and they just like presenting it to people, right? Like we call those selectors. Like they don't beat match, they don't do shit, they don't do nothing crazy, they don't fucking do body tricks, like none of that shit. They just really enjoy music, and they just want to share. It. Then you, then from there, you got you know regular DJs that just play music and they they're able to beat match but they're not really doing anything technical from there right then you got party rock djs that are doing you know trick mixing and shit like that then you got your turntable so it's like it's all these different levels and it just all depends on where that person is in that time and what techniques they've learned along the way what would you categorize yourself as Turntablist. Yeah, uh, I don't. Would you I say don't, one is better than the other? It's sub, it's subjective, man. It's just subjective because, like, half the time I could be going fucking nuts on some shit, right? But the average person won't know what the fuck's going on, is and it'll go totally over their head, right? It, it just it's all for yourself. Art is a very selfish, uh, fucking thing. If you're doing it for others, like you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Like I'm pretty fucking sure most people didn't get into whatever discipline it is they're in and say, uh, if I do this, I can make fucking hella money. I could be cool. I could be popular. Like, nah, nobody, nobody goes into that shit like that. Not really. Yeah. It's just what makes you happy. Like if you just enjoy not having the real technical know-how. But just wanting to share these pieces of music, cool. If at some point you do want to get better and shit like that and add these little skill sets to your DJing, dope. But yeah, you, you don't have to. It's just what makes you happy at the end of the day. And what what level are you comfortable at? What level Yeah, do you just want to be at? Like I know people that, that said... All right, I'm a dope turntablist, but now I wanted I need to be at the point of these guys, right? So like the upper echelon. How do I get there? All right, I'm just going to study all these fucking battle videos and practice all these little techniques for a whole fucking year. And then after that year, I'm going to go battle and then see what what level I'm at. See if I've reached like that point yet. And then from there, if I didn't, all right, what, what, what do I need to work on now? All right, bet. I'm going to sit here for another fucking year and just go dumb hard on the training on that for a year. And then same thing. I'll battle, see where the fuck I'm at. If it's where I'm at, cool. You know, there's people like that too, where the super dedicated that will sit there with these small fucking minute techniques and just drill 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 every day because that's what i did i got homies that do that to this day and they're older than me so 
Sounds like a true discipline. See the turntable as an instrument. Like we're not looking at like I say this as scratch DJs and turntable. Like so, so we actually we're gonna practice. Like somebody who's on a piano, somebody who's on a guitar, somebody who's on a flute, who on a kazoo, like whatever the fuck. Like we're gonna take it just as serious, and we're gonna put in that ten thousand fucking hours that we need to. You know, I had many nights where I would just be in my garage, higher, drunk as shit, and just just scratching, just drilling fucking like patterns or or one specific scratch one specific you know hand movement for fucking hours upon hours and there's other there's other djs that can contest to that same with beat matching you know when you're learning even the most basic of fucking dj skills like you're doing the same fucking thing for hours and hours and hours sometimes with the same piece of music I guess you'll never get better if you don't, you know, keep practicing just like anything else. Yeah. But there's, well, there's gotta be that a, passion. Yeah. For it. I mean, the passion is definitely there for it, especially if you're already kind of like sitting down for a year, just so you can see where you're at. And then if it, and if uh, you're not where you're at, you're already dedicated to the point where you want to dedicate another year. Musicians yeah. are fucking insane. Literally. So, like, for me, like I like music a lot and I like fucking around with it and I have all this gear and I can just go hard at it for like two, three months and then I just stop. Like I just burn. I like I go at it so hard to the point where I just burn out. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that happens. But That's I what can... mushrooms is for. <laughs> well, in, in this current situation, you know, it's hard, hard to, to get it. mushrooms. I know. <laughs> That happened. I, I mean, I do that. I go through that shit. I'll, I'll go through. I'll produce for like however long straight. That's all I'll focus on. That's or that's all I want to do. You know, because that point in time will. That's where my creative energy wants to go. Then I'll be like, all right, I'm over it, and then switch to just on some DJ shit, and then you know, however many months, you know, my energy will be want to be dedicated towards that and then it'll up ah, done with that so like you always have these like spurts for that thing for that one thing i think the same can be said for like us playing games right so like i know i do it like we will say oh i just want to play apex i think me and you are kind of burnt out on that game right now yeah and then, and then, <laughs> then you'll just be like all right that filled you know, my, my cup, my cup of gaming. Yep. And then you'll just go do something else and then you'll come back to it, you know, eventually. But yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Guilty Gear Strive just came out and I still haven't fucking picked it up. Like I I already have the pre-order. I've already activated it. I have it. I just, it's been so long that it's been out now. I want to say long. It's only been out for like a week or some shit. Yeah. I think a week and a half. Yeah, but I'm just like, nah, I don't I don't think I want to fuck with that right now because <laughs> of like how Street Fighter Five treated me. Yeah, and that's okay. You know, like there's some people that are able to just constantly go hard on shit and all their focus is there. And then, you know, there's others that don't like that's And that's totally fucking fine. Doesn't make any anyone the lesser. 
Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, you can finish. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm done because you interrupted me. Thank you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just cut that. <laughs> no, I'll leave it in. we got to show your true nature. <laughs> what? Speaking of your true nature, man, like, uh, where can people come and find you, like, for social medias and stuff? You got anything to put out? Fans. His Instagram no. is DNZ underscore one. And on Twitch, <laughs> you can find him at DNZ415. There you go. Yeah. Streams I mean, every Friday at 10 p.m. JST time. Yeah. Those are, the, I mean, yeah, those are the only Practice two that in I don't really <laughs> use my, uh, my Facebook anymore. Well, you usually Facebook. post, uh, event updates on, on Instagram, right? Yeah, and it all gets pushed to my Facebook anyway, so that's right. You know, that's kind of why that's still there. I think that's all I have, or all I really care about. All right, I, well, but even then, I don't care about my IG. Like you, you <laughs> see how much I post on there. Like I don't. I used to post a lot, and now I'm just like, why? <laughs> well, damn, man, we're trying to feature you. Where, where do you want these people to find you, man? Those are the only two I I can think of, at least. <laughs> I'm me in the streets. I mean, these Tokyo streets. Hey, yeah, eventually, you know, back in Tokyo, you'll be back opened up, have your own uh, venues. Yeah, find, find you at uh, Ageha, right? Nah, maybe, nah. Well, it used to be Shibuya, you were at the Coins Bar, but that place got closed down. So. Yeah, it got closed down. Once things open up, then we'll, we'll have uh, a few spots ready, but yeah, usually Shibuya. We were just saying yesterday in the stream, like how we run fucking Shibuya. It's fun. Hell yeah. All but right. I think um, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for anyone else that has any questions for us or even for DNZ, just shoot us a message on Twitter or on YouTube. Just write a comment. Be sure to like, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, yep. Age me. I yep. still got a pager. <laughs> fucking old head. <laughs> yeah thanks for being here chase yeah, hell yeah have fun Thank you.